Hey guys, welcome back to the Further Up, Further In podcast. I've got Abby with me. Hey. Um, and we're here to talk about Hebrews 2. We've been going through the Hebrews reading plan and we've just been seeing a lot of fruit from it already, which has been really cool and really sweet. We've had a lot of good conversations and we hope you guys are too, but we've been reading through chapter two this week and so we just wanted to talk through some of it with you guys and talk through some of what the Spirit's been teaching us. Um, so yeah. That being said, we're only halfway through this week, so if you guys have some brilliant mind-exploding revelations this next few days, just let us know, and we'll come back and redo the whole thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. We'll send you guys a microphone and let you do it. Yep. Okay, so um, Kayla and I were talking, just we want to remember chapter one as we enter into chapter two. Remember the greatness, the radiance of Christ and how yeah. like his radiance is literally like it exudes from him. He is the glory of Christ and it comes, he's the glory of God and it comes from Christ and he's the exact imprint of the Father and he's above the angels and all this kind of stuff. So as we look at that, as we remember who God is, we see... Uh, chapter 2 verse 1 and it's like therefore we must pay much closer attention to what we've heard lest we drift away from it um and just to go ahead and let you guys know i listened to a jen wilkin podcast on hebrews 2 because surprise surprise my roommates decided they wanted to go through (laughs) hebrews as well this semester so i was like great idea lord Um, (laughs) and so we've been doing some additional studying with the jen wilkin hebrew study so Mm -hmm. some of what i say like is through my time with the Lord, but then also some of it's hers. If you guys want some additional information, she's amazing. Yeah. Um, it's all from the Spirit, though. Yep. <laughs> um, but, yeah, she's just, she's awesome. Um, and so one of the things that uh, she talked about and that we are talking about as roommates is just how in the first verse we see, like, paying attention so we don't drift away from that. And you mm-hmm. see, like, that's like a nautical term almost and how it's like you don't want to drift away from the truth because drifting is so passive. Like, yeah. drifting just happens happens if you're not moored or tied down yeah like to the um to an anchor which he yeah. talks about later in yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like if you don't plant your anchor if you don't tie onto something on land like you will just naturally drift away and so it doesn't say like therefore we must pay some attention to what we've heard it's like therefore we must pay much closer attention like no matter where you are and how much attention scale you're paying like he's like pay much closer <laughs> so wherever you are you can always pay more attention yeah it's um, also like crazy too just how subtle drifting is yeah you don't realize like when you go to the beach or something like that you don't realize how far you are away Uh until you're gone you know and and so I was talking to some friends about that the other day and it was just like like I don't want that to be me like I don't want there to be any distance between me and Christ and so we we want to pay much closer attention Mm -hmm. and it's also you know we we were kind of spoiling I guess part of Hebrews but we see in several other passages just this emphasis on remembering Jesus Mm -hmm. and we we don't want to operate Mm -hmm. out of anything else Mm -hmm. besides this picture Mm -hmm. of who Jesus is Mm -hmm. so yeah and that's what it talks about in this those first four um, verses it's like because like of who Christ is since we've heard this message and it was declared by angels and it was reliable like we see throughout the Old Testament and don't forget he's talking to the Hebrews so they have seen from the prophets that like this message is reliable and this message is like there is no other way to God except through Christ and there is no other way except through sacrifice and so they've seen that these Hebrews know sacrifice um and so it's like, so how shall we escape if we neglect such a great salvation? Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's like, we heard of it from the Lord Jesus, and it was attested to us by those who heard. And then we saw the signs and wonders and all that kind of stuff. And it's just like, this message like came to us at such a great cost. Like, how can we ignore it? And yeah. um, one of the things we were talking about as roommates was like, 
We don't want to make light of the penalty of sin and like mm-hmm. the sacrifice that Christ had to make. So when we remember how greatly exalted Christ is, and then we saw how much he lowered himself, like you see in Philippians 2, like he mm-hmm. humbled himself to the point of death on a cross. Right. And then like he like we don't want to magnitude we don't want to magnify like our sin to be like, oh gosh, it can't be conquered. But it's like you need to understand sin was this huge barrier right. between us and God. And the Israelites knew that barrier. Yeah. Yeah. And so because of that, like that weight of sin and the judgment of sin passed over us to Christ with the most weighty sacrifice. And because of that, like we don't move past this information and just keep on sinning nonchalantly. Mm. Like we don't move past this information and keep on believing lies nonchalantly. It's like such a price was paid mm. so that we could understand our savior and salvation like so we don't drift like we like grab hold of this message of salvation and base our lives on it and we like the anchor is what the sailors hope in yeah like they they like have to hope in that anchor like because if they don't like they drift in like no matter how much they're paddling like they're gonna move yeah and so like they have to have something that anchors them so that when the storms come because they will like you have to have something that holds you to like that message of hope into salvation Mm. yeah we were talking to just how sweet it was that you know it's it's easy to sometimes read this and think okay well yeah well this was going back to the hebrews and the israelites that lived thousands of years ago but we were just talking about how you know in verses three and four where it was declared at first by the lord it was attested to us by those who heard while god also bore witness by signs and wonders and various Mm -hmm. miracles and gifts of the holy spirit distributed according to his will that's true for every single one of our lives. Yeah. Like, it, we were spoken to by the Lord. It was attested to us by those who heard, by those who God put around us. And God's borne witness over and over and over again by all kinds of signs and wonders and various miracles over and over again in our lives. Like, mm-hmm. His message has been proven utterly reliable, mm-hmm. very physically and tangibly in each of our lives, mm-hmm. which is cool. Which also just goes back to the weight of it. Like, yeah. Awesome, um, and even just what Kayla was saying, you have the Holy Holy Spirit distributing according to His will, and it's like the Holy Spirit is what convinces us, mm. like of this thing, and like that Holy Spirit is like unleashed now on mm. the world, and mm-hmm. like literally, like we talk about fear of the enemy is the enemy is like prowling around like a like lion, but it's like the Spirit is like roaring over the earth like looking for the glory of god so we have an enemy who's like a lion but we have this spirit that's like a rushing wave and it's a mighty wind like the things that they use to describe it in scripture are vast and huge and so i don't know i was just thinking about that this morning and thinking like oh my gosh the enemy he's probably not and he is looking to destroy but i was like but i have this spirit the spirit of god that like crashes over like a huge wave that like knows nothing that can stop it and so it's just cool thinking about the power of the spirit in that that's cool that you were talking about just like I don't know, just another role of the Spirit, because something that we had talked about was, you know, in going back to verse 1, like, we've got to remember, and we talked about, you know, like, you can basically boil any sin or any separation from God on on forgetting, forgetting something about mm-hmm. God, forgetting mm-hmm. um, some of His promises or something about His character and stuff. And so one thing that we had talked about a lot in attempt to just talk about this idea of remembering, of paying much closer attention to what we have heard was in John fourteen twenty six, where Jesus is talking. He's like, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I've said to you. And so we've got this spirit who, yes, is fighting against the enemy, but is also fighting for us and constantly helping mm. us remember mm-hmm. and keeping us from drifting away, um, which is just so, so sweet. 
Well, and going straight off that, like, if that spirit, which is the spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead, which is the spirit of Christ, like, is here, and then it talks about the power of him, of Christ, mm-hmm. and of the spirit in the next few verses, mm-hmm. like, from 5 um, to 9. Mm-hmm. And so it talks about Christ and how he was made like man, how he was crowned with glory, and he's put everything in subjection under his feet. Um, and that's something that we forget. Like, that's what provide, pro, um provides fear like when Mm -hmm. we forget um it just produces fear in our lives when we forget Mm -hmm. who god is what he said that everything has been put in subjection under his feet and that's one of those like um what is the phrase it's already here but hasn't yet happened what is that like do you know what i'm talking about i do there's like a the already and not yet yeah it's a it's a very christianese phrase yes very christianese phrase (laughs) but it's that idea that like I just forget sometimes that what I was talking about earlier with the power of the Spirit, that, like, Christ has destroyed death. Yeah. And he has destroyed sin. And he has destroyed everything that keeps us from him. But, like, we're still, for a little, like, we still don't see everything in subjection under him. Yeah. But, like, um, just as we were talking about it earlier, like, knowing that everything has been put under subjection to Christ is a promise that we have to remember if we're going to pursue holiness and we're just not going to walk in fear for the rest of our lives. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And that's just like, you know, we, we talk a lot just about assuming the best about our friends and our friends' character and, and fighting for them and fighting for our friendships and honoring them. How much more do I want to do that for Christ? mm, How much mm -hmm. more do I want to, Give him credit where credit is mm-hmm. due and assume that he's in control, but not just assume it, know it. Like yeah. I've been told yeah. it's credible. The, the message is proved reliable. Yeah. He's in control and he's got it. Yeah. Um, tell a little bit about what you guys talked about with this passage. Yeah. Yeah. Are you talking about verse 10? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, we had a group of girls over the other day. We just spent a long time, <laughs> a really long time. In verse ten and eleven, um, talking about a lot of a lot of different things, you know, we we see um, verse nine say, "But we see him, who for a little while was made lower than the angels, namely Jesus, crowned with glory and honor because of the suffering of death, so that by the grace of God he might taste death for everyone." Um, and then verse ten starts, "For it was fitting that he, for whom and by whom all things exist, and bringing many sons to glory, should make the founder of their salvation perfect through suffering." And one of the girls was like, uh, "Did I miss something? Like, yeah. wasn't he already perfect?" I just like, like, I need a, a better diagram of how we got from that to. Oh, obviously, it's fitting yeah. that this mm-hmm. happened. Um, and so we spent a while talking through it, and and one of one of our friends just pointed out that, you know, to these. Hebrews, these Jewish people, no, nothing close to perfection was ever attained without a sacrifice, without suffering. That was so familiar to their culture, to their mindset, the way that they thought about things. And so if we're going to talk about um, the founder of salvation and perfecting salvation, it's fitting that it's going to mm-hmm. be through suffering. Mm-hmm. It's um, something that... Go ahead. Something yeah, that go ahead. I um, we had talked about right before this was how like one of the biggest pictures we see in scripture for things being made perfect is being refined by fire. Mm. Like you put the metal in the fire. That's the only way that they could get metal close to perfect or they could make anything like in a smooth shape. They had mm. to melt it or they had to carve it. And so we see that Christ like went through the fire like 
perfectly and was proven perfect at the end. Like, mm. nothing was refined out of Christ. Yeah. Like, there was nothing, like, that had to come out of him, yeah. like, to be made. So, like, where we are refined by fire and we are refined by trial and tons of stuff comes out <laughs> when we're refined, he was refined and was still proven perfect. Yeah. And was mm-hmm. still proven to be the perfect sacrifice and was still, like, the salvation was made. Like, the perfect work of salvation was finished when Christ did that. Mm. Mm. We spent a while just kind of debunking this phrase um, in verse 10 that's talking about bringing many sons to glory. And, and um, you know, a lot of people were asking a lot of questions of what, what does that mean that we're brought to glory? Mm. Does that mean that um, we're, we're just looked on with the character of Christ? Does that mean we actually have the character of Christ? Do we grow into it? What What does that mean? When does it happen? Glory is just this like word that we throw around. Do we actually know what it means? Um, got into a long discussion about what's the actual difference between glory and honor and all of these tangents. Mm. Um, but it, it was good. It was good to think about. And so we, we ended up talking at the root, you know, glory is is just the beauties of Christ, mm. you know? Like, mm. like Christ is holy. Why is he holy? Because he's set apart. Is that some scary, intimidating thing? No, Christ is holy because he's better than literally anything else I'm ever mm. going to see or know or think about. Mm. Like, he's just that much better. Mm. And so his glory is the, the beauties of his betterness. I don't even yeah. know if that's a word, but we'll go with it. Um, besterness. Besterness. Um, and so, you know, we were talking about Colossians 3, 3, where it's like, for you, you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. And we talked about 2 Corinthians three eighteen, where it's like, we with unveiled face beholding the glory of the Lord are being transformed mm-hmm. from one degree of glory mm-hmm. to the next. Mm-hmm. And honestly, that's the best picture of glory mm-hmm. I can come up mm-hmm. with. Beholding the glory of the Lord, what does that mean? It means looking at Christ and all He is. Mm-hmm. It means paying much more yeah, closer, closer attention. attention to what we've heard. It means gazing upon the beauties of Christ. And as I do that fully with an unveiled face, an unveiled heart, Mm. I'm taken deeper into the character of Mm. Christ. I become more Mm -hmm. like Christ. I Mm. know more of his Mm -hmm. beauty. I know more of his character. And that that's what it means to bring many sons to glory is to bring them more into the fullness of who Christ is. Well, and we talk about Christ being like Christ is the glory of God. And Mm. it says that he is the radiance and like it originates with Christ and God. Like in that glory, like flows through us. Yeah. And so it's one of those things where it's like, when I fix my face on that, which glory originates, like, of course, of course I'll be transformed from one one degree of glory to the next. Like you can't help but have that happen. Yeah. Um, and that's one of the things too, like this whole like 10 and 12, um, right here, like just, um, how he's talking about we're being transformed and we're bringing glory. And he's like, and we all are sanctified and we all have one source. And that's why he's not ashamed to call them brothers. Mm -hmm. And like in this chunk right here, 10 to 18, you just see so many familial terms being used like brothers, children, inherit, like inheritance, offspring, all these different words um, that we just like see how he starts talking about us being brothers with Christ Um, and Christ being like our big brother. And this is an analogy that like Jen gave. So, honor where honor is due but um (laughs) she talked about how like um christ is like the alpha and omega big brother like he like isn't just like oh christ our brother we like so often when we talk about him as our brother we bring him down to our level instead Mm. of like letting him remain high and lifted high but still being our brother Mm. like he lifts us and so often we pull him down to our level so it's like we have this like big brother who loves us with a love that like no family member or no family unit could ever understand. Um, 
but then we also have this big brother who has a power that is unlimited who is who, whose love for us began in creation yeah. and will continue into eternity yeah. and who like deeply cares for us so just like we would have a brother walking alongside of us who's like the big brother and he's like got our back and all that kind of stuff like Christ is like our heavenly big brother who like fights for us and who secures our safety and who is there for us and she just talks about like like how safe are we if this is our sibling Mm -hmm. if this Christ is our sibling and if this God is our father and she's talking to the Hebrews who are already known as God's children Mm -hmm. but she's just unveiling um I don't want to know why I said she he, the author of Hebrews, is talking to these Jews, these men and women who have been known as the children of Abraham. And he's like, yes, this is a beautiful picture. You are God's children. He's like, but you are not just these lowly, dirty children. Like, you are heirs with Christ. Like, you have been brought into the family on the level of Christ. Yeah. So this isn't just yeah. like 12th, 10th generation. Like, yeah, you guys can kind of get in because you got some blood in your system. It's yeah. like, yeah. no, like you have been provided the same status as Christ the heir Mm -hmm. and it's like that is unbelievable and he is not ashamed to say that about us and he is not ashamed to bring us in and he is not afraid of what we will do like he looked at us chose to call his children in light of the disaster that he's that each one of us actually is yeah um and so it's just really been beautiful like just how Christ came down to us to raise us up to Christ yeah yeah. Yeah. And something else that we had talked about going off of that is just, you know, it's not really a coincidence that, you know, we see that, that we're called sons that are being yeah. brought to glory, that right after that, we, we see the writer of Hebrews talked about sanctification, um, that we see him talking about one source and brothers and, and kind of just going off of what you said, how it all ties in together. Mm-hmm. And it's really, really important that we understand that, yes, there is somewhat of a distinction between you know, God just bringing us into his household because he feels bad for us. Hmm. And then God bringing us in because he adopted us and he stuck with us. Like, like yeah. that, that's not, neither of those are yeah. true. Yeah. And so we don't need to take on either of those realities yeah. because God hasn't put that on us. Yeah. And so we, we are brought in, we, no, we're not sanctified yet, but we're justified in, in that already not yet phase of between being justified and being glorified yeah. and, and that's not a burden. That's not something to fear. Like, that's not, oh, I have so much further to go before I'm actually an heir with Christ. Like, no, yeah. like, we've already been declared that. So let's grow into into what we've become. We've been given family status. And mm. it's not because God felt bad for us or, or whatever. But we are honored and loved the same way that Christ is. And I think um, that kind of goes into what we had kind of talked about before of just we have one source. We have the same source as Jesus. Do you want to talk about that for a little bit? Yeah, just talking about how, like, we have the same source. Like, okay. For he who sanctifies and those who are sanctified all have one source. We all have one spirit. We all come from the same family. And, like, if we are coming from that source, like, just the way that that elevates our view of ourselves in God's kingdom. Like, mm-hmm. the way that that elevates elevates the like view of the spirit in our lives and how it says later like he that through death in verse 14 he might destroy the one who is the power of death that is the devil and deliver all those who fear of who through fear of death were subject to lifelong slavery like when he gives us that source like he cuts off the source of sin and death mm-hmm. like he like is like <laughs> it's like um 
and Stranger Things. He like he like is totally disconnected from that which is evil and has to be taken apart. Harry Potter, The Matrix, so many analogies, um, so many good stories. But where like literally the man in all of those stories has to be fully separated from that which is evil and it has to be sucked out, it has to be dragged out, it has to be ripped out. It, like it has to come out. And Christ, like in paying the price for us, like rips away like sin and death and the power of it and its effects. Yeah. Like, there is nothing that can be poured out on us, like, uh, connected to sin and death if we are in Christ, and connects us to the source of life, the source yeah. of living water. Yeah. Um, and so when we start acknowledging that we're connected to that source, too, like, that, like, totally radically changes how we pursue holiness. Because yeah. that is, we're in Christ's kingdom, we radiate, like, we reflect the radiation of His glory, right. and, like, we are His children, so let's start acting like it, but with joy and in freedom. Yeah, 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 and it's just crazy to think about, too, like, even, like, we when we look at the life of Jesus that we're given in the Gospels, to know everything that He did Everything that he was capable of, the way that he loved people, the way that he moved towards people, we have total access to that. Yeah. Like, yeah. the same spirit that was in him is in us. And we had talked a lot about in John 15 where it talks about the vine and the mm-hmm. father's the vine dresser. And it's just like all the nutrients that are coming to the vine, the vine's passing on to the branches, mm-hmm. which is us. We're getting mm-hmm. the exact same mm-hmm. thing. And mm-hmm. it's, man, like I want to fully step into that. I want to yeah. fully walk in that and not just act like I have some puny off-brand yeah. spirit. Yeah. You know? yeah. The Kroger brand spirit. Yeah. Um, but no, and that's one of the things that like we do want to leave y'all with is like when looking at this, when we understand who God is, we pay close attention to our Savior and to that salvation. When we fully grasp the concept of that, it leads to so much more mature things in mm-hmm. the kingdom and in the family. So when we understand salvation, it leads to a lot more holiness and it leads to much more obedience and it leads to the forgetting of things that are in our past and the letting go of sins of our past and letting go of lies from our past. Like yeah. it just sets us free yeah. to fully live under the control of that source. And so that's something that, like, understanding that you're part of the family, understanding that you have this source, understanding the magnitude of your salvation over every aspect of your life, like, and how, like, that is how the author of Hebrews is setting this thing up. He's yeah. like, you need to know who Christ is, and you need to know that you have been, like, you have been raised to him, like, yeah. raised to walk in newness of life, yeah. raised to Christ. Like, mm. and so understanding that, like, is vital for the things that are going to come in this book. Yeah, and it's also vital to understand, as we see all of these phrases in chapter 2, we were talking about this earlier, of just all of the ways that we see Christ choosing to be less than what he was, that mm-hmm. he partook of the same nature, mm-hmm. that he went through suffering, mm-hmm. that he tasted he death tempted, for everyone, yeah. all, all of these things, we, we can't just take it as chapter two. Like, we yeah. have to look at him in respect of the one who is the exact imprint of the Father, who's the radiance of his glory. Yeah. Like, the, there's it's the exact same person, and it's the one who had all of this glory and all of these things that that chose to come down and do that, not because he had to, but because he wanted to be with us. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, it's important that we remember those things, not just now, but as we move forward. And also, we were talking about this the other night. It's not just important that we pay much closer attention for the book of Hebrews as it is for, like, everything. Like, like, like in chapter 2, verse 1, where it's like, therefore we must pay much closer attention to what we've heard. And it's like, yes, that's a good principle to have reading through <laughs> Hebrews. But also, like, in everything else we read, yeah, mm-hmm. in all of life, mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. it's important that we yeah. pay pretty close attention to Jesus. Yeah, and, and just, him. like, are you paying, like, 
are we paying attention to hear from him? Like, are we paying attention to that when the spirit leads and mm-hmm. says like, Hey, hear me. Like I'm coming. Like I would like, let's go talk to that girl sitting all by herself or like, Hey, hear me. You got some sin that you need to confess. Let's go confess that. Like, mm-hmm. Hey, hear me. Like there's these lies coming. Join me in worship and prayer and the word. And like, let's get to battle girl. And so like, we want to pay much closer attention to this word so that our ears are tuned to hear when the word speaks, when friends speak to us, when we're praying, just that the Lord is like, Hey, like, are you turning your ears to hear my voice? Yeah. And that's yeah. why we pay close attention. And even building off of that, Abby and I were at a thing the other day where this guy was talking and, and he had, quickly mentioned something about knowing the tone of Christ and how Christ talks to us. And and so we want to pay much closer attention to what we hear, but also how it's said to us. And we Mm -hmm. want to know the voice and the tone Mm -hmm. of Christ. And so, um, you know, one thing that a bunch of girls had talked about the other day was in in verses one through four, literally the heading of that says warning against neglecting salvation. And people were like, (laughs) Oh Oh, no. And, And it's just like, no, like we, there are things that we don't understand in scripture and we're never going to know it all until we are standing before the kingdom. Right. And that that's part of the whole sanctification thing. That's part of, we we're learning more as we're moving deeper into the character of Christ, but the things that we don't understand, we need to try to understand by the things that we already do understand. And so when God's really clear saying that, like, I'm slow to anger, abounding in faithfulness. And we see something that we're like, oh, you seem really quick to anger. Like mm-hmm. He's like, I just told you so clearly I'm mm-hmm. slow to anger. Mm-hmm. So like mm-hmm. use what you know mm-hmm. to try and figure out the rest of it. Mm-hmm. Like, like he's good at mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when we see like God be like, my kindness is what leads you to repentance. Mm-hmm. We can trust that in verses one through four, this warning isn't to get us to come into the kingdom by making us terrified that we yeah. won't be in it. Like yeah. that's not yeah. who we see God as. And so, yeah, we want to remember what we're told, but we also want to remember who he is and how he says these things to Absolutely. us. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hebrews, y'all, is a rich. I'm probably going to come back with 12 more things tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. We're like you said, we're only halfway through the week. (laughs) Um, yeah. Do you want to talk a little bit about just like a little bit of 14 through 18 before we finish up? Um, yes. Um, something that we had talked about some, um, is that, like when we, I talked about earlier, like the one who's the power of death and delivers people from the fear of death and all that kind of stuff. Like something that's kind of been a good litmus test. I had to name Kelly this, but something that's kind of been a good litmus test for me is like talking about how like almost all of our fear is connected to death. Like in somehow, some way, like death of a relationship, death of whatever. And I don't want to make this scripture vague when it's very specific. Right. But I was just sitting and it was, I was thinking about this fear and like he is put to death. Like, um, put, he's put to death death. He's put to death fear. He's put to death sin. Um, but he's delivered us who were subject to lifelong slavery. Mm. And, like, as brothers and sisters, like, we talk about this um, just in, every, like, all all throughout the New Testament. It's like we aren't servants. We aren't, like, slaves. Like, we are sons and daughters. Like, we are seated at the table, like, mm. with Christ and with God. And we've been given positions of honor. And so, like, with that, like, the son is not afraid of the father. 
Like, and the son isn't afraid of the enemy of the father. Because, like, when you were little and, like, there's a monster coming, like, if your dad was sitting next to you, he was this big old guy. And, like, if you had a strong brother, I mean, that was even better. But, like, <laughs> when you have your father sitting next to you, like, nothing was that scary. Except maybe if you, your dad, if you were disobedient. Yeah. Like, <laughs> either way. But, like, just the idea of, like, seated at the table with the father. Like, we've been delivered from lifelong slavery. slavery. Like, mm-hmm. not only that, like, this... <laughs> this father like has it says later like he's made propitiation for the sins of the people like he has wiped away everything that is old of us he's wiped away everything that is dead for us this son paid the price for all of that so when we sit at the table we sit at the table with the father who is strong who is powerful who holds literally nothing against us because there is nothing that he is holding on to anything yeah. that he could hold on to was released on christ yeah um and so even with this like it says he was suffered while he was tempted like he had to be made like his brothers in every respect so that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in the service of god when we understand the freedom that is between us and the father through this passage as in the freedom of access we have to the father mm-hmm. and the freedom with which we sit at the table like that revolutionizes how we approach god yeah 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 man that's good i just know we we've kind of talked about this a little bit we actually we've talked about this a lot but just there there's so much more to christ than what we know now Mm. there's so much more freedom Mm. than what we've attained and moving forward you know there's so much good stuff in this book you you said that several times today there's so much goodness (laughs) like and i'm excited for it but there's also as much as christ is exalted and as much truth there is in here the enemy is going to do everything he can to try and morph it into something else which is why i think there's so many people that ask so many questions that get a little nervous and start shaking in their seats when they read some of this stuff but we've seen so early on who Christ is, what he thinks of us. What he's done. What he's done for us. And so we see right there, we are sons and daughters of the king. We are brothers and sisters with Christ. And in verse 15, we are those that have been delivered. Mm-hmm. And so let's let's live like it. Let's read through the rest of Hebrews like it. Mm. Like we're the ones that have been delivered because we have. So That's good. I don't got anything better than that. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Um, yeah, sweet. Well, thank you guys for tuning in. Thanks for reading with us. If you haven't started yet, please jump in. you got plenty of time. We're going to be starting Chapter 3 next week. Um, but yeah, like always, if you have any questions, ideas, thoughts, criticism we'll even take (laughs) feedback and criticism um kayla will (laughs) yeah just send us an email um but yeah thanks so much for tuning in we'll see you next time